0: But if you don't get started, if you don't put one foot in front of the other and go and tr- try, then you're never actually gonna discover what it is you were born to do. And I think for, for me, where I am now is I literally know like inside my boat.
1: It's not about besting the enemy. It's not about becoming better than someone else. What it is, is about learning how to get better yourself every day. And here at Achieve Greater, we connect amazing and awesome people with amazing, awesome people who need them. So stay tuned, listen closely, and watch as your life unfolds through our next guest. Alright, welcome to Achieving Greater, where we connect amazing people with the amazing people like you who need them. Today, we have the wonderful opportunity to speak with no other than Mae Ferguson. I wanted to bring her on this morning because she like myself we're parents and we're entrepreneurs we help to serve other people while still trying to find that ebb and flow of serving our families as well and I love the fact that she like myself we don't separate family from business it's just part of our life this all happens at the same time and I thought this would be an encouragement for you to come in and share a little bit about your story with Mm -hmm. them like, what is life like as a mom entrepreneur, a businesswoman who also has mom duties as well?
0: Yeah, well, I absolutely love this because it's uh, like one of those conversations that you, you here's how you think it's going to go. And then you, but you've never actually had babies and then you have said babies. And then this is how <laughs> it actually goes. So I think for me, it has just been, um, it's been the most amazing journey. It was a very kind of, uh longed for a thing for me. So like I'm 40 years of age. I was, um, I'll get to like a, the story was very, very ill for a number of years. Um, and we'll talk about that later, but it was more, it was like such a, a huge, huge thing for me that I would have been pretty devastated if I hadn't been able to have a family. Um, so I literally uh, got married, had a baby there um, a couple of years ago. So Jack is now the grand old age of two and running our lives. And then we have a little, uh, at the time of recording, a 10-week-old little baby girl called Rebecca. And um, I think for me, it's this navigating uh, life and business and doing it in our terms. So I used to be like in corporate at a very senior role in the, you know, whenever I was working in the private equity industry. um, And one of the things that always jumped out to me back then, even before I got sick was that, um, how is this gonna work with family life? Like, You know, I was working long, long hours. I could have been traveling to like a couple of, two or three different cities every week whenever I was in big four. um, And you always were kind of wondering, like when I get to that stage of my life, how is this going to work? And then everything kind of fell into my lap because I became very, very ill. And like anybody that's been through some sort of like life transformation, transformational thing like that, they literally wake up and go, what under goodness am I doing with this life that I have? And then it was the worst thing that has ever happened to me, but it was the best thing that has ever happened to me because I was able then to choose to leave corporate when I recovered um, and go and set up my own business. And now every single thing, every single decision I make as a CEO of my company is to allow me and my family to live the life that we want to live. So it's like everything is on our terms everything is built automated we have a team, everything's run systems. Um, we've literally automated every component moving part of the business where possible so that I can be as present as is possible with with my babies. Um, you know so even we were joking just before you hit record that you know I'm, I'm breastfeeding my, my newborn I was like I literally feeding like right up until like one minute to go on the interview. And then off to my husband and I'm able to be here, but that is just the kind of flow that we're getting into and finding our feet with uh, not having one baby, but two.
1: Yep, Yeah. I can definitely relate to the to the last minute thing is, you know, right before yeah. I usually hop on, do a recording or a training, you know, it's always jump up out of my desk, run mm-hmm. in the house, give my kiss, kids kisses and hugs and tell them yeah. I love them and then tell them yeah. somebody else needs daddy yeah like, go help daddy go help yeah and him. they just shoo me out the door <laughs> yeah i love it i love that uh, you said you said you had a major illness i mean we all have pivot points in our life mm. mine yep. was was the death of my son that was a real wake-up moment for me Wow. Well, um, okay. because okay. i saw what he accomplished in 10 months of his life and i looked at my life and i went oh what a lazy schmuck you know i gotta i gotta learn how to live more fully and to yeah. accomplish more fully the purpose that i'm here for what was it that you went through if i may ask um mm-hmm. wise what was it that really hit you so hard where you had to have that wake-up call and go wow
0: yeah, I think for me, it was like, I was at, I'm like the the perfect definition of like a type A personality, you know, first in every degree and master's degree and my accountancy exams, I came first in everything my whole life, I, you know, won long distance races, I was always first, first, first and kind of pushing everything to the extreme my whole life um, and my career was flying, I was running marathons, I was like traveling around the world, just everything was amazing and I ended up so, <laughs> so random with what's going on in the world over the last couple of years but I caught a virus um, mm-hmm. and literally um, I used to swim every single morning before work. Halfway up the pool one morning I was like, mm, I don't feel so well. Got out of the pool and went home and I was in bed for about four years. So I was in a oh. wheelchair Um, just horrifically ill so like even lifting a cup of tea was like too much weight I just couldn't like do a lot of things with this virus that I had um and I remember at the kind of the lowest point of that illness I was like sitting on the floor my my my. Well, he was then my partner. He was now my husband. He was literally brushing my hair because I didn't have the strength to like literally brush my hair. And I remember, in that, like that was kind of my bottoming out moment where I was just like, whenever I recover from this thing, I swear. Like I was, I was saying prayers. I was doing all the things. I literally I was like, I swear, I would do life differently. Um, so when I recovered, I did because I am quite a like I'm an obsessive um, push 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 type personality, and I went back to corporate and I, I did return to corporate. Felt myself getting sucked back into that like let's go extreme here, and then I, I I stood by my promise and I left corporate and I literally set up my own business from like completely scratch like all of us do, um, but it was one of those things where I was making a conscious choice of what's the life I want to lead. And then I was lucky enough then that I recovered and was able to go on and have have kids. And it's like, you know, even every single day now, whenever I'm able to like lift my baby, I just, that even that just amazes me because of how unwell I was um, whenever I was sick, you know?
1: Well, I, I definitely hear and I can resonate with how you are now having the child mm-hmm. with you and being mm-hmm. able to hold your babies. But you said you got to that point where you said, I got to choose and decide yeah. the type of life that I wanted to live. Yeah. When you made that decision, we having babies running around the house, vying for your time. Was that part of that decision that you made?
0: Most definitely. Because to me, it was, I, if I stayed in the, you know, in the corporate role that I was in, um, me being a, a present mummy and an at-home mummy was, was not going to happen. I wasn't mm. going to be there. It would have been like, dropping them off at creche at maybe like I don't know what you guys call it in America kindergarten or something or nursery <laughs> not sure uh, but like we dropped them off at crash at like you know six thirty a.m and picking them up at 6 p.m and I, I knew that I didn't want to be that type of mummy now looking back both where my business is now versus what I thought back then was to, what my business was going to be are two completely different things but we am a firm believer that every single thing in life is choice everything is choice and it's like how you know the decisions that we make we literally can choose the life that we want to live we can literally choose what that life looks like what that life feels like what our thoughts are so on and so forth so it just um, it was definitely a choice moment and yeah I wouldn't <laughs> I don't think I will ever return but I know I'll never return
1: yeah I. Uh, somebody asked me if I was I would ever go back and, and work for somebody else hmm. And I said, I could never work for anybody else again in my life. Yeah. He says, I'm not going to say that I won't be employed by someone else. Hmm. I says, but the only reason I would allow that to happen is if it helps me towards my goal in mm-hmm. my business.
0: Yeah. He
1: says, what does that mean? I was like, it means this my family will be homeless traveling before I go back underneath the thumb of somebody else to make them rich. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. not going to happen. Because it's, it's afforded me so much freedom. Like this morning, I got to get up and just go for a 10-minute walk before I sat down. And, because and started going you, because you can. Because yeah, you can. Because yeah. I can. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got a bunch of people here. I had like 15 messages of people wanting stuff for me this morning. And I went, eh, I'm going to go for a walk. Yep. Made it a quarter mile up the road, and I looked out in the field. I counted 72 geese starting their migration south. And I got back to my yard and I think I had 14 turkeys in my yard. And I'm like, you know, corporate doesn't get this. Yeah, They're up in the morning in their cars to their hustle, bustle, grind. And then they go home and they miss all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty. And then in the evenings, like the deer will come up, you know, probably about 25, 30 yards from the windows. And they hold the kids up in the windows and they just love to see the deer,
0: yeah. you know, and
1: it's like. I could never do this working for somebody else because it's their schedule, their time, their needs, their requirement. Okay. What would you say because like like we, we touched on, we have to get to that point where we decide
0: mm-hmm. the
1: life that we want. Yeah One of the things that I come across a lot with clients and you know calls with people is they decided on the career they wanted. But Mm -hmm. once they got it, they realized that it didn't match the life they wanted. Mm -hmm. What would you say to the people who are holding off with plans for having their babies at home Mm -hmm. because they want to solidify their career first?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would just say that we got one life. None of us are promised tomorrow. And there is no perfect moment to step off that um you know that, that corporate, if you're if if you're in corporate if you're and it's it's often like um golden handcuffs as well because some you know when you're very very senior role and you're very well paid and then you're literally on that first payday after you leave and the grand total of zero goes into your bank account. It's like it it, it is scary, but it is what I would say is the rewards and the the autonomy, the life that we get to live as entrepreneurs is literally Priceless. Now there are is it hard at times? Of course it is. Are there days where you're like screaming and crying? Of course. But whenever I look back at, you know, the person that I, I I had to be and I had to conform to this type of thing versus what I am now where you you literally be doing have every single thing you want on your terms by your design. It is just it's just completely priceless. And then you start what I've what I find quite often now is having conversations with what I would call normal people, as opposed to like my entrepreneur friends who like get it. Because like these normal people and things that they talk about and the constructs that they work under. And you're just like, you're often just saying like, wow, how, you know, imagine, imagine still feeling like that. And I, I get it because I used to be that's the person I used mm-hmm. to be like I had to do this and I had to do that and you had to do the other and you didn't have air quote choice even though now we it, we know we have choice but it's the it's the life and the everything on your terms and that again for us it's like you know we, we live in a horse farm in Northern Ireland my um, hubby is he runs the farm and things so he's you know he's here quite a lot and we just have this flow of like I've got like a digital online business he's running the farm the two kids are here we breakfast lunch and dinner together every single day um and it's just everything is as we designed it now did we work hard to build that of course we did mm. and i think that's a lot of people that mm. a big part of what people want to skip is just like they want the you know the million dollars by friday night and it doesn't work that way that's you know that is the reality it doesn't work that way you have to follow a process to build this thing but is it worth it my goodness of course it is yeah, yeah. and you will look back at your old kind of corporate self or working self and not even recognize who that person was.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you touched on that. The, uh, they look at what we have, how we do life. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're successful. You work from home. You're taking care of your babies. I, I do the same. I run multiple mm-hmm. businesses. I work with mm-hmm. coaching. I have offline stuff that I do. Yeah. And I'll hop on a call with somebody, you know, like a group call and we'll hot seat somebody mm-hmm. and we'll literally create a product and mm-hmm. offer And get it online in one call as a group. And they're like, My gosh, you just built an entire starter business for us in an hour. And I go, No, I didn't. Okay, 45 minutes. No. It took me 26 years to do that. Yeah. They're like, What? Like it took me 26 years to get to the point where I can do that in an hour.
0: Yeah, I love it.
1: You've got to learn. What you're due at the moment didn't mm-hmm. be a it wasn't accomplished in the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was a process. It was a string of events and growth yeah. throughout that whole time.
0: Yeah. And just on that, like just to follow up, I think as well whenever I look back at whenever I left corporate, like I left corporate and I retrained as an executive coach because it seemed pretty logical thing to do. And then I specialised in executive burnout coaching because of uh, what I had been through and that that was a whole other thing. I was just, I was completely out of alignment because it was bringing me back to a chapter of my life that I was wanting to leave behind and so on and so forth. But what I discovered during that process is that I was phenomenal at helping people Build businesses, build the systems, build automation, build out a team, funnels and all of these kinds of things. So only by starting that journey did I, because when I left corporate, I didn't even know, for example, what a funnel was. I'd never heard of the term, never mind know how to build these things. And then, but, but by the process of starting and going through the journey, you figure out and you learn what you are brilliant at. And it's it's amazing how your the, the entrepreneurial journey evolves into what you're supposed to be doing. But what so many people do is they stay in paralysis saying, Well, I you know, if I left my job, I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would be, what I what would I sell? You know, mm-hmm. and they just then remain stuck there forever and they don't actually move on and ever go into the market and then figure it out.
1: Yeah, I remember the first time I ran into that same term funnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is you, do what? you have a funnel for your business? And I'm like, no, but I have one to change my oil. (laughs) And he just stared at me like I was the dumbest person in the world. And I'm like, what? And about five, ten years later, I had asked somebody. I said, well, do you have a funnel set up that you're utilizing in your business? And there's like,
0: for what, canning?
1: (laughs) And I went, and I realized in that moment, I'm like, I'm looking at them like they're the dumbest person in the world. I or have to be circle, more kind. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I, I understood what they felt in that moment, yeah. and I'm like, brilliant. "Okay, brilliant." Yeah. Do you have a process in which leads people through? <laughs> and she it. was like, "Oh, that's kind of like a funnel." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I just that's said <laughs> exactly, like a funnel." Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> so you work with you work primarily with people that are dealing with. Corporate burnout, or how do you know? Really so that's help that's people, yeah. So
0: that's what I did whenever I first started out, and then I pivoted very, very quickly. So I had plenty of clients and things, but I um, discovered that it was kind of keeping me stuck in a chapter that I had like worked so hard to leave behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of got into my groove. So, like, I'm like a quite a businessy background. I used to be an accountant, things like that, um, and I used to be an occult consultant in big four. Um, so like business is kind of my jam and i soon discovered that the stuff that i found so so easy about building and scaling online businesses was what what a lot of other coaches really struggled with so they didn't know how to like create offers or get leads coming into them every day how to convert those leads to clients how to run their master classes so on and so forth so i moved into that um you know really soon after i started and i just you know it's like any of these things when we're all doing what we were born to do and it's such a cliche, but we, you know, you literally don't work. Like there's days I'm just like, am I actually getting paid for this? Like you just love what you do mm-hmm. so, so much. Um, so that's very much who I have now. I work with kind of coaches to help them build and scale online. So I love okay. it.
1: So with the vast array mm-hmm. of
0: coaches
1: yeah. and coaching uh, mm-hmm. people who think they're coaches, but they just know information mm-hmm. people who are great coaches, but don't have the information how do you really figure out where to start with them because they're all over the place i know because i work with coaches yeah Uh, like where do you where do you say okay here's your start point
0: i think for you know just circling back to what you said earlier it's it's all about creating that offer um and we we take them through like a we've got a framework for how to you know create that offer that is just literally people must say yes to it because it is so on point it literally you know gives their ideal client what they want so we go through like a really intensive process of building out that offer um and then taking through like a lead generation process it's very very structured and the way i would kind of describe it it's a very kind of color by number literally just follow this step do this step do this step but it works every single time instead of people just trying random stuff you know watching this video over on youtube and you know this tick tock and this instagram going and trying to like Frankenstein it all together right. they literally just follow the color by number approach um, and it just works every single time and then it's then it's getting to the stage then um, we're like scaling scaling everything up and like building out those systems building the automations putting the team in place and all of those things that finally get us that freedom back because you know that chapter in business where you're the marketing director the sales director you are the finance director the legal director you are the VA you are all the things it's like we have to go through, you know, a portion of that business in that build phase, but then mm-hmm. scaling and allowing the systems and the automation, and the team to do all of that busy work for them. So then they can really, really focus on being the CEO and making those more strategic decisions over where they're headed than being completely lost in the weeds inside their business.
1: Awesome. Yeah, uh, we were, I was talking with my business partner yesterday and uh, we, were, we were joking, you know, there's the solopreneur. Mm-hmm. the mompreneur, dadpreneur, parentpreneur. You know, all the, all these different preneurs like yeah. guys, you're an entrepreneur. Like, yeah. right? And she looked at me, she goes, "I'm a multipreneur." And I said, <laughs> "What's that mean?" She goes, "A lot mean? of things." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I a huge
0: fan i'm not a huge fan of the whole mompreneur term to be honest i'm just like oh man it's just like we're business owners we're ceos of our companies yeah that's just wrong. With that it's like yeah, it's,
1: that's exactly where i am too it's like i always tell people when they come and like well well i i focus on parentpreneurs and i'm like mm-hmm. so entrepreneurs mm-hmm. well no parentpreneurs okay so entrepreneurs Yeah, they're trying to be
0: specific for the sake of being specific. Yeah, it's
1: like, you know, niching down doesn't mean you have to read, did you find a term? It just means be specific. (laughs) I I deal with entrepreneurs who happen to have children and want them out of the house as soon as possible to go to college. (laughs) Okay, that's specific.
0: (laughs) Very good,
1: very good. Um, So do you, when somebody comes, do you... Do you just get on calls with them and just talk with them to figure out where to start? Because maybe they have an incredible offer already. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you navigate that?
0: Yeah, so well, our program advisors kind of do all of our calls up front and then make sure that they're a really spot on fit for my programs and to match my energy and things like that. Um, And then once they're kind of they get inside the doors, then what we do is. Pretty much most of the time, if somebody is coming to you for help with something, it means that something's not converting. So even if they like have that offer... Um, in place if it's not doing what they want it to do then we, we, we kind of let you say right let's take what you have let's bring it back down to basics and let's rebuild this now they're going to be able to rebuild it faster because they have you know certain moving parts mm. um, but really really like we have you know with we weekly coaching calls and things like that but we do quite a lot of done for you um, and kind of even though they're group programs a lot of individual review and feedback on their offer and their content and their sales scripts and all of these types of things. Because what I was finding in the industry And like I've been through every program I think at this stage that has ever been literally created. Um, I was finding the industry was like these group programs, and you maybe had like you know a ninety-day program. You got like six calls with fifteen hundred people on the call, with two people getting the hot seat. And people were just then leaving these programs and just ripping their hair out because they didn't actually get to move their business forward. So what I have done is kind of try to build and. A service with them so they have their weekly coaching call everybody gets airtime but then we have individual review and feedback We've got slack channels running and all of these types of things to give them that one-on-one support even though it's in a, a group format
1: oh, wonderful oh, so, yeah. so things like using slack how does that how does that work as far as life as a mom <laughs> like how does eight- that work yeah you, so you boundaries
0: boundaries 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 yeah so the way we we have it working is we again we have to get quite a, a lot of done for you so we build quiz funnels for people we build ordinary funnels for people we set up their automations we build their digital courses for them and obviously like i have teams then that do like the delivery work of that And then the way we work the slack channel is that we basically each channel is broken down kind of by subject so then if they are in for example going through a quiz funnel build process there'll be a couple of questions in that specific channel i will handle those in the hours that i have allocated to responding to clients um questions inside slack it happens inside those boundaries and it's really important i think to be like stay within those boundaries and not like ping to it every time it pings you jump you don't know, have you know jump out high, high and getting away from all of that but it allows the clients to feel really really kind of supported um somebody's got their back they know that they've always got help there and we're never too far away awesome so it's just something to there
1: to support them so boundaries, boundaries. how do you set your boundaries, <laughs> boundaries for your clients yeah and how do you set your boundaries for your family because it's two uh,
0: two completely different things. So first of all, yeah, boundaries are choice. I would say I'm much stricter with boundaries for clients. Communicate that. Mm. Crystal clarity on the first day that we work together. They they know, working with me, if the bar is up here. Here's how this works. We follow the process and we don't deviate from it. That keeps everything quite nice and tidy with a little bow on it. And then, oh, then comes family. <laughs> when you live on a farm <laughs> with yep. animals exactly. and uh, yeah, it's... Not quite the same level of strictness with boundaries with family. To be totally honest, um, my family will always come first. It is like, but what we have tried, and this is one of the things that we're. I'm actually working with with my own mindset coach at the minute is navigating the transition from one to two kids, with my hubby who runs a farm which has animals and animals um always come first because animals must be fed every day they can't you can't just skip a day or not do it and everything it's one job to do one job you have to do 17 other jobs to get that one job done everything is like 1980s stone age manual invoicing people, they don't even have email addresses. You have to like print it out and go to the post office and post it. It's like, so my two, uh, parts, I've got this like online digital business that is automated to within inch of its life. And then the other half of my life is this farm and family. Um, but we're getting there. It's a, it's an interesting, interesting (laughs) the last 10 weeks since our second has been born has been fascinating to say the (laughs)
1: least. Yeah. We, uh, we, we had a, a battle with the boundaries. Uh, okay. at the house. Yeah. Because my wife's thought, well, if you're home, then mm-hmm. any given time at any given moment, if I have anything to say, I'll just pop in and talk to my husband. Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Honey, you you can't do that. I'm on calls. I'm in the middle of their business meetings. They're they're in my yep. office in our yep. home, but it's yep. a business meeting." Yeah. Yeah. And, "Okay, okay." And it would last about a month. And then it was like, "Oh, hey, supper's ready." <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs>
0: well, I think ours, look at the calendar
1: so we moved yeah. the office upstairs. Yeah, because I figured she's not going to climb the stairs because we got one of those really steep old steps in the farmhouse. Yep. You know, it's but like she, halfway between but a ladder but did, and stairs. But she did
0: climb the stairs. She yeah. started
1: climbing the stairs. So now I have a studio that I have out in the yard.
0: <laughs> well, that's exactly actually where we are. Is we have uh, it's an outbuilding of the farm, and we converted it into my office. Um, I think it's to me, it's like the the dynamic of both husband and wife, both running businesses and that, uh, which business is more important, which business, this must happen, this must happen. And it's just like, which one actually happened. So that has been really, really interesting. As two kind of quite driven entrepreneurial people. And we're both running our own business. We're both doing our own things. We've both had two children. It's like navigating that has been really, really interesting for us, I have to say.
1: Yeah. I, I always remind my wife, I says, you have the most important job. I says i will reach thousands and thousands of people every single year and i will impact their lives greatly mm-hmm. he says you get the opportunity to raise two now three in mm-hmm. the home that will impact millions of people yeah yeah you exactly. have the most important job if you need yeah. something i don't care if i'm in a meeting you come mm-hmm. if you want something wait until I get in the house <laughs> <laughs> and once we came to that understanding she's so good about it because she she now understands if there's a need she's always first yeah and my clients like you i set that boundary right at places like hey just so you know Mm -hmm. i built my business to a position where my family will come first and if they need me in the middle of a call the call will end and you will reschedule (laughs) and you will you will be okay with that because i'll provide for you i'll take Mm -hmm. care of you Mm -hmm. but my family will always come first And somebody told me, well, you're never going to run a business that way. I have so much more respect for my clients because I set that boundary and said, this is what's important.
0: Yeah, because but I think that's like it was such such an unbelievably good point. And I think one thing that I have kind of had to navigate as well as like a female entrepreneur is like so I've got you know two babies. I've i uh, breastfed both of them, and I obviously got into this quandary. So if I have like my flagship program is like a two-year coaching call, um once a week, but it's it's two hours and invariably like a brand newborn baby is going to need fed in that two-year window. Mm-hmm. um So I had this kind of choice to make, and it was this, like, do I? pretend the baby's not there and try to like, you know, just run with everything as normal. or do I just say, look, folks, I'm going to have to feed my baby. Like I tilt my screen up. So that, like I'm not flashing them, but like I have to feed my baby. So I tilt the screen up, I feed mm-hmm. away. And it is that, A, it's so empowering for me and it, but for them as well. So I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs and they're just kind of going, gosh, maybe we can do both. Maybe our clients will be okay with this. Maybe it's okay to like jump on a call and have to feed your baby because they're like two weeks old and that's okay. And I think it's so, so empowering to be able to, to do things like that. And again, you know, I look back to my old life, you wouldn't have been able to, you know, Kind of have that freedom of saying this is how things run in my business my, my babies are here and that's okay now they're not running around screaming on the call like my two-year-old is getting taken care of in front of you know whenever i'm with my clients but at that you know tiny newborn stage she needs fed and that's okay and i just mm-hmm. love i love the freedom that this business model provides us it's amazing Yep.
1: Yeah, my little my little girl Hadassah, four years old mm-hmm. and i had a, a client call just a regular weekly coaching call and Mom had to run to the dentist, so she took she took baby and headed yep. to the dentist and left the yep. other two with me, and Hadassah wanted to be with daddy, so I hopped, she hopped up and sat down on my lap, and we hopped on the Zoom call, run and up. the client looked at me with a big old grin, and we just started our call, and we're working through it, and Hadassah's yep. getting a little bit fidgety, and yep. he said something, <laughs> and I turned and I looked at her, and I says, what do you think, Hadassah? Do you think that he made the right choice? She looked at him and she goes, Daddy, I think he made a bad choice. He should listen to you.
0: <laughs> I
1: think you're right. Very he looked good. at me goes, you know
0: Fantastic. he says
1: it's moments like that, he says, that that give me permission mm-hmm. to be a dad in business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who's listening, you know, like like me. You know taking time to defeat her child or me taking that moment to let the child be included in the actual business yeah it's because it's not separate it's who we are we're parents exactly so the impact that you have on your clients Mm
0: -hmm. by taking
1: the responsibility to be who you are in your business Mm -hmm. it isn't an inconvenience it doesn't hurt your business it actually empowers your clients
0: exactly
1: to activate their fullest potential yeah Exactly. Um, I I love I love that. Um, And I'm just sitting there because I often I don't know how. (laughs) But often I ended up in these these training programs Mm -hmm. and I look around and I was like, wow, I am the only guy in the room. And of course, when it's a room full of women, let's just face it doesn't matter what the business is about. Conversations and subjects come up that are not meant for a room full of guys. It just comes up. And you just quietly sit there. And then inevitably, I have one of them always look and go, So, what do you think, Chad? And I'm like, Well, you know, when it comes to the hormonal roller coaster, (laughs) um, this is how I normally deal with it.
0: You're kind
1: of funny. And you're like, What do you mean how you deal with it? I'm like, Do y'all forget that when you have emotional roller coasters? it affects the people that you you live with you gotta deal with it too and and all of a sudden it brings a new dynamic and i'm not saying you know if you're a guy go go get inside women's programs i'm just saying don't be afraid to be who you are male female doesn't matter yeah yeah what makes you unique is the thing that brings value and perspective to a community Mm -hmm. and that's That's the one thing that I loved about you is just your, your mm-hmm. fun openness and you're like, well, you know, I got a kid, so uh, we do a, do a recording. It yeah. may happen. And I'm like, bring it.
0: <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> that's um, life. That's like, Yeah. Uh,
1: so if, if you had one message mm-hmm. to people entering into the business space,
0: mm-hmm. what would it be? keep moving forward because you'll only figure out what to do and how to do it by doing it. And if you sit there waiting for this, like wait until I have all of my ducks in a row and everything is perfect and then I push go, it'll never actually happen you have to go through the messy middle. You have to go through, you know, the days where you're in the trenches, the days where you're ripping your hair out. And that is, you know, you look back on those days fondly, even though at the time they are like terrifying and horrible and all of those things. But if you don't get started, if you don't put one foot in front of the other and go and try, then you're never actually going to discover what it is you were born to do. And I think for, for me, where I am now is I literally know like inside my bones, that I am doing what I was put on this planet to do. I used to always feel, you know, always like growing up, and in jobs and all of those kinds of things. It's just like you know that feeling that an entrepreneur has. You know that you're you're different. You're like mm-hmm. how other people think. That's not how you think. You know that you're the status quo is not enough for you. You know you're a little bit different to everybody else, and you know that you are supposed to be doing something bigger. And then mm. when you finally, you know, hit the nail and hit that on the head and actually live that life where you are doing what you were born to do, it is just the most magical experience ever, but it'll never happen. Like it would never have happened had I not been brave enough to like, leave my high-flying corporate job and jump out and go figure it out, <laughs> you know, if you don't actually be brave enough to go and take that step. And I think that's what most people, um, most people kind of get stuck in that paralysis because they just don't know how to move forward or what to do or where to go and the universal guide them where they're supposed to be and it just is uh, that that's that's what i would say yeah
1: yeah i uh, i remember the analogy there for me was babe ruth mm-hmm. and they said babe ruth was in in the hall of fame hall of fame mm-hmm. for hitting the record of the most home runs ever in a season hmm but did you know he also held another record hmm he struck out more times than anybody else in the league there you go because when he swung he swung big we connected it was gone mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but he's he struck out and mm-hmm. I started digging into that and I started looking at people that were succeeding and having conversations with him I was like oh because I was never afraid to fail I was mm-hmm. never afraid, afraid to yeah. not quite hit the mark So I just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I'm still in high school at this point. Yeah. And somebody asked me, they're like, so where are you going to live when you get out of of school? I says, I don't know. I haven't seen all the options. They're like, oh, I'll probably just, you know, live here my whole life. My whole family's been here for, Mm. you know, X amount of generations. And I'm like, do you want to be here? They're like, well, yeah, I suppose. I was like, well, what else have you seen? what else have you done? Don't be afraid that? to like step mm-hmm. out, go for a roach or do something. Mm-hmm. And I, I adopted that thought into just the way that I approached business. Mm-hmm. It was like, there is a, there is a huge Atlas full of opportunities mm-hmm. for us to explore. Yeah. But if we stay in one spot with one little view in that one little tiny area, we'll never know that thing because it took a lot before I realized it. Like you said, i was different Mm -hmm. i knew that from when i was a kid on fourth grade i was hauling mulch to earn money you know Mm -hmm. it was like i was a worker i was different i wanted things i wanted to grow but all i ever knew is i was just different than everybody else Mm -hmm. but after about 10 years out of high school i realized i wasn't different Mm -hmm. i was exceptional at something and all of a sudden i wasn't odd I was unique and valuable and had purpose and I never would have found it if I Mm -hmm. didn't do exactly what you said, just move forward, just Just keep keep going. That's that's absolutely amazing. So you you mentioned earlier when we were talking that you had a quiz that kind of Mm -hmm. helped people identify where they are. Could you tell us a little bit more Um. about that?
0: Yeah, so I think, so we have a few different quizzes in our business, but now based on the conversation that we've just had, I think the most appropriate one would be um, our superpower quiz. So it's like, what's your number one coaching superpower? And that is all to help um, people identify what brilliance that they have to bring to the world that they maybe haven't realized yet. They, they, you know, it's to discover what they have been through and what they have inside themselves, that is their superpower that will allow them to go and serve more people around the world. I think that would be the most appropriate quiz, just based on the conversation that we have had.
1: Awesome. Cause you know, I, I so believe in the importance of just really identifying what is it that we can bring to the world. Yeah. I normally, everybody knows I don't promote, we don't pitch anything here. Um, but if you'd be willing to make that resource available for people,
0: yeah, I, I think, think it it's just really serve course, them. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And just awesome. allow them to identify the superpower with inside, inside of them and then how they can go and take that to the world.
1: Awesome. And we'll put that down in the show notes for everybody. Yeah, we'll really yeah, no encourage problem. you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Maeve, there's two things I love to do. One, mm-hmm. we're about connecting you with the amazing people that need you because we already know you're awesome. So... How how do they go about actually just connecting with you? They just want to have a conversation, connect to get into your world. How do they do that?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, the best way is to just head over to Instagram to I am Maeve Ferguson, um, and then just start off a conversation with the word Chad. So that I know that because we have a lot of inbound leads come in that my team handle all the DMs. Um, so if you just want to have like a private chat with me, just um, start with the word Chad, and then I know where you've come from, and then you can just have like a personal private conversation with myself rather than chatting with my team.
1: Awesome, awesome. And we're going to go ahead and put the show notes in, but i love to end every episode with one simple question. Are you ready for it?
0: Mm, I don't know. I hope so.
1: (laughs) As a business person, Uh you should pay attention to detail. Mm -hmm. Okay. From now to the beginning of the creation of the world, if you could choose only one person, one person, uh-huh. to sit down and have a meal with?
0: What oh. would you
1: cook and where would you eat it? Well, I thought you were going to say, who would it be? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what would I cook and where would I eat it? And
1: where would you eat it?
0: I would cook uh, absolutely beautiful fillet steak. And I would do it on a spot where we were on honeymoon um, in... Uh, just south of San Francisco, it was Carmel by the Sea, and there was a beautiful, beautiful uh, restaurant there, looking out over the water. And I would do it there and cook a beautiful fillet steak. That came from our when, own cattle. On the farm. There we go.
1: caveat. When would you like to meet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Would that be good? Fill steak. Uh, I'm just going to, anybody that's a vegetarian is just going to automatically detest me now, but I love my steak.
1: <laughs> and, and you know, that's okay.
0: I live in a farm or. I, I, this is what I
1: tell vegetarians and vegans the animal has passed. Let's not waste it. do waste it. Yeah. It's the last gift they could give. Let's, Let's just see. enjoy the sure. blessing. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That is awesome. um that always gives a little bit of insight as to who you are. Or it's important, yeah. you know. I love those things. Uh, me, I right now, <clears throat> I think I would probably cook cow snot, and
0: you cook, you cook what?
1: Cow snot, and we would eat it in our backyard with the kids.
0: What's got? Not. <laughs> <laughs> what is cow snot? What is
1: Okay. Am I hearing you, Shrek? I will, you like I will tell you the ingredients <laughs> after the episode closes.
0: That's not very I'll fair to your listeners. They're all going to want to know. I, what I know, know,
1: but see, they'll just have to come talk with me. Okay, <laughs> but this is how Cow Snap came about. I married a vegan. Oh, my. Okay. I grew up where 90% of the food that we ate, we shot. Yeah. <laughs> I You're married white. a vegan. So immediately, Uh, I, inside, I felt no contention in the marriage, so I became vegan, and this was not easy. This was a struggle for me, because I was trying to figure out, like, where's the food? And uh, (laughs) we were cooking one night, and we had a little of this and a little of that, and we put all this stuff together, and I looked at the pan and cooking it up, and I looked at her, and I went, it, uh. It looks like a cow sneezed in the pan, honey. <laughs>
0: I thought and, I heard you she correctly. I was me, like.
1: And we started to grin. I'm like, cow snot. That's <laughs> what this is. It's cow snot. <clears throat> we have Very literally good. cooked, because we did a lot of service work. We traveled East Coast, West Coast, all throughout the U.S. We know. have cooked cow snot in every region. Well. Southern Northern. I thought that's what I heard you say, but like,
0: it must be the accent I'm missing something. I didn't just say Kaisnut. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what we
1: called it. Everybody <laughs> loves it. Very good. After they figure out it's not something that the cow sneezed.
0: <laughs> right. Brilliant. Well, I will uh I will look forward to teasing that someday if we ever get to meet in person. Yeah. That is uh that's brilliant cast
1: All right. Well, with that, thank you so much. If you have any parting words that you'd like to say, feel free.
0: Yeah, I just think for anybody who is even thinking about it or starting out, or even if you're in that trenches, messy middle bit, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I have had coaches in every aspect of my life go and get help from someone. It doesn't have to be Chad. It doesn't have to be me. Just go and get help from somebody that knows what they're doing and can show you exactly what to do.
1: Awesome. Remember, y'all, there is beauty, there is grace, and there is greatness within you. Now go and unleash that in the world today. We'll talk soon.